Couple of days out, had a chance to sit, stew on it a little bit. Outcome still the same. Still was a bad game for Tennessee. Any new revelations from that football game? What did Josh Heupel have to say about it at his Monday press conference? And tons and tons of your mailbag questions. Going to be a good one. Locked on balls for Tuesday. You are locked on balls. Your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, good Tuesday morning, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Balls, your team every single day. Shout out every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Balls your first listen every single day, your first watch on YouTube. Appreciate you, appreciate you guys for subscribing and following the show on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code Locked On College, and you're going to get $20 off your first purchase today. I'm uh, going to give you the best of what Josh Heupel had to say in his Monday press conference. Um, kind of commenting on the football game down in Gainesville in the swamp uh, after you know he went back and watched film. Uh, what does he think? Some questions that were asked. I'm going to bring you the best of Josh Heupel from his Monday press conference. And then we've got a ton of questions to get into in segments two and three. So uh, buckle up. Let's go ahead and jump right down into it. Uh, top of the mind, people want to know, what about Joe? What about Joe? What about Joe Milton? And what this could mean for Nico? Well, uh, again, I get it. Frustrations. I said it a little bit on Monday's show. Um, you know, Nico, number one overall player in the country, class of 2023. Uh, the $8 million man, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, Tennessee scored 16 points. That's not good enough. I get why fans are clamoring for Nico, Nico, Nico. There's never been a more popular player on campus at any school than the backup quarterback. You intensify that with name, image, and likeness now here at Tennessee and by getting the number one overall player in the country. So I get it. I get it. Uh, but as I said on Monday's show, um, well, you got to go down the list a little bit before you get into to, before you get to Joe Milton's name in terms of what's the most concerning thing about this team. Doesn't mean he's perfect. Doesn't mean he needs he doesn't need to play better because he absolutely does uh, because this isn't good enough. Um, but I think Josh Hopple kind of echoed those thoughts Monday when asked about Joe Milton. Here's what Josh Hopple had to say about his quarterback in Joe Milton. He did some really good things the, the other night. Um, you know, the pick, uh, we, we can't just throw it up. Uh, he'd like to have that one back. Man, we got to be better in protection, too, in, the, in that situation. Um, the decision-making, where he's going with the football, I said it before the game. I sa I'll say it after the game, too. He was in the right spots. Accuracy like wide receivers being exact in their routes, all those things got to continue to improve for us to be as efficient as we need to be. So, again, I'll, I'll say a lot of people are saying, oh, this is just like JG and the Tennessee offense. The biggest difference is Joe Milton is making the right calls. Joe Milton is doing the right things. He's doing. He's making the right decisions. Now, you heard it right there, Josh Hoppel saying you'd like to have that throw back, uh, the one that was you know picked off, but he had a guy that was open downfield, and you know he got crushed by a 420-pound nose tackle you know, while he was throwing. It's easy to sit back and say, well, you should have took that sack, um, but I'm not going to fault him too much in trying to make a play when you have no blocking in front of you. So um, knowing it needs to get better, again, I'm not sitting here saying that this is good enough because it's absolutely not good enough. He scored 16 points in an SEC game. Josh Heupel's now... Ofer when his offenses have scored less than 30 points while at the University of Tennessee. So, um, you know, just kind of is what it is. But I wanted to hit at the top because so many people were wanting to know, you know, Nico, 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 you know, people coming at us on the board saying, no stones. Can't believe there was an entire press conference. You didn't even ask about Nico. Well, that's 
you know, when you're in the media and you know the answer to the question, you're not going to ask that question because you only get so much time in a press conference setting with the head football coach. So, again, it's it's been a it's been a time. Um, and again, I get the frustrations from fans. I understand this is not it's not a fun time. You don't like seeing your team get your brains beat in uh, to a rival. I get it. I get it. I get it. But oh my goodness, off the top rope, it's it's been uh. It's been something the last couple of days to see all the internet uh, angry people, that is for sure. Um, how do you fix some of these mistakes? How do you fix some of these self-inflicted um, procedural penalties and stuff like that from the offensive line? Because that was an absolute issue. Here's what Josh Hypo had to say about fixing some of those mistakes before you hit the road again. Well, I do think uh, you can't let one play affect another. Um, that certainly happened um, during the course of the, the first half in particular. Uh, the communication things just like, it can't transpire that way. And, you know, that's us coaches being better. It's players being better. It's better up front. And um, at the end of the day, we got to find a solution to it. And, um, you know, I, I told the players this today, too. It's it's not the big things, and, and those are big things, don't get me wrong, but it's the subtle details in, in everything that we're doing. And, you know, everybody can't take their turn of, of being off. And we got to become a unit that, that plays 11 together all of the time, defensively too, in particular in the first half. But um, we're fully capable. We need to take a step forward quickly. So many self-inflicting wounds, so many self-inflicting errors. And don't get me wrong, Florida beat the crap out of Tennessee. It is what it is. You still cringe when I said that. But, I mean, you watched the game. You saw it. I mean, I'm not lying here. Um, but Tennessee also just killed itself so many different times. I mean, if, if Tennessee doesn't beat Tennessee, then – I mean, it might be an all right football team, even an SEC play, right? I mean, it's just you can't have those procedural penalties. Josh Hopple asked about self-inflicting errors. Uh, General Neyland uh, probably said it best. The team that makes the fewest mistakes will win. Uh, we did obviously not uh, play to that standard on Saturday. Everybody in the building is disappointed. Uh, you can still sense it from the players today, uh, the disappointment and, uh, and hurt. Um, and uh, a lot of lessons for us to learn, and we better learn them quick. Um, at the same time, those lessons got to carry forward, but uh, we got to watch this one too. Offensively, um, in particular, you know, we total you know self-inflicted wounds that can be penalties, that can be you know unforced errors, it can be communication. Uh, our percentage is way too high. Uh, it was on Saturday, and it really was the week before too. And so. Um, you know, that's why you move the ball at times, but you don't have very many points. Um, and uh, we got to clean that up. You, you can't can't beat yourself. Can't beat yourself because in the SEC, you don't need any help beating you. The, these teams are good. Even Florida, who, again, somebody jumped in my comments on YouTube yesterday. Oh, Florida's not a great team. What's that say about Tennessee? Yeah, it's concerning because I don't think Florida's a great team. I think Tennessee got its tail whipped by a team that's not very good, to be completely honest. Um, that is concerning for Tennessee, for sure. Offensive line, crowd noise, um, going on the road. You don't have to worry about that for a while, but you don't want to wait until the week of to start worried about you know crowd noise and all that. The offensive line play, the issues from crowd noise that led to procedural penalties. Here's Josh Heibel. At the end of the day, just not as consistent as we need them to be. Um, and that's really the entire offensive unit. I thought the wide receivers took a step in the right direction um, You know, from, from how they had performed. Uh, the previous weeks, but uh, collectively as a group, just not as consistent as, as you need to be to to go on the road, to play a good team, and uh, be able to move the football and ultimately score points. Like the the self-inflicted wounds that goes into, 
you know, how you're, you're scoring in the red zone, too. And, and um, it's not a game of un, unlimited opportunities. You've got to maximize them. You can't put yourself in, you know, first and 20 and, and uh, try to play ball. Um, we've done a lot of things. Um, need to ramp it up, I guess. Uh, and when I say I guess, I mean only intensify it. Um, We've got to be able to function better than we did. Part of that is the noise. Part of it's being able to reset from one play to the next. That's the, the hardest part to replicate during practice. So noise is an issue. Don't get me wrong. Noise, and I was there, and it was loud as crap. Um, in the last couple of years is when I've started traveling to other SEC stadiums because uh, at the first part of my tenure, you know, as being sports media, I didn't travel to away games. And so, you know, I've been to I've been to Tuscaloosa, I've been to you know Kentucky, I've been to Athens, I've been to you know now Florida. That was my first time. I've uh, been to you know some of these you know, LSU last year. I've been to some of these you know stadiums and everything. And so I'm hearing you know truly how loud it is. I mean, I've heard Neyland plenty of times. It was loud. I mean, no 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 doubt about it. It was really really loud uh, Saturday night. So a lot of it is noise. But as Heupel pointed out right there, a lot of it's just leaving one play and going to the next. You know, as a quarterback and a cornerback, it's so important to remember. But really, for all positions. You got to move on. You, you've just got to move on. Uh, lastly, the thing I'm going to play here is Gerald Mincy did not play any offense. Uh, Gerald Mincy, it was reported on Sunday afternoon that he was cited for simple possession. Obviously, there was an internal suspension there off offense, but he played on field goal. Anyway, here's a back and forth with Knox News reporter Adam Sparks on Gerald Mincy. A couple questions, and Josh Heupel just really didn't want to discuss it. Just a couple questions on the Gerald Mincy situation. He didn't play on offense the other night. Was that punishment for the citation? Yeah, we just uh, decided not to uh, to play him on the offensive side of the ball. And, and why did he play on special teams? But yeah, no. we just made that decision. Will he be available to play on uh, on Saturday? Yeah, we got a long week here. We'll uh, we'll go through the week. Listen, it's it's his program. He can absolutely has the right to answer any questions he wants, how he wants to, and all that. But I'll say this. Uh, I mean, your head football coach not helping, not helping himself out there. You have a player, a right tackle, who is not a full-time starter but plays enough and is arguably one of your better offensive linemen, to, to be completely honest. Um, you know, having a mistake, obviously there was an internal issue there. If you're going to suspend him, suspend him. Don't travel into Florida. Don't dress him out. Don't play him on field goals. Um, or at least take the time to explain why you did that. Um Again, I'm not critical of Josh Hopple in a lot of a lot of areas in terms of how he runs his program. He has that right and everything. I mean, I'll be critical of the play and the play calling and all that. That's just doing my job. But I mean, what are you doing? I explain, explain what the issue is. You're you're not helping yourself out much there. So uh, that's kind of how I would respond to that. Uh, so many of your mailback questions. We've got a ton. We're going to get into that here in just one second. So uh, we're going to take a short second here and get back to your questions. But first, I want to tell you about our friends. Over at FanDuel, did you know FanDuel is America's number one sports book? I'm sure you did, but I'm going to tell you again. And right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That is $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. I've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel. See, I thought about it for a while, then I joined it because it's no-brainer. But if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on all that action with football season here right now. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, that including spreads, player props that are so much fun, especially for newcomers. Over-unders hit those totals and a whole lot more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season the right way. That's FanDuel. It's official partner of the NFL. Welcome back into your Lockdown Vols Tuesday edition. We're going to get into our mailbag portion of the show right now. And typically, 
you know, I kind of write out, I map out which question I'm going to get to. I, I write the name on a notepad and kind of the, you know, the brief description of it. And I kind of have a plan, but there were so many questions from you guys. And thank you so much that, I mean, there's just so many, I didn't have time to write them all down. So I'm just going to try to go through these rapid fire. There's going to be some repeats and, and we'll skip over them, but you guys did great in sending in those, these mailbag questions this week. Remember, it's at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Balls. Uh, we'll go ahead and start with Patrick. Uh, Patrick says, was it just me or did the late offensive scheme by Heupel seem like one in which they do not trust Joe Milton? Screen passes down 20, conservative handoffs, uh, either lean into Joe and his potential or take time to develop Nico. Agree? Yeah, I mean... I think right now Tennessee as an offense is kind of handcuffed, and I'll say this a couple of times. Sure, is Joe playing as well as he needs to? No, he's not. But I thought the the down-the-field passing was much better in this football game, and I thought you needed to take a couple more shots. Did he connect on all of them? No, he didn't. But I thought it looked better against Florida than it has in all three games this year. Uh, Tennessee didn't run the football in the second quarter hardly at all. I understand you were playing behind the sticks, but – Jalen Wright's your best player. Run the, run the damn ball. Like, in the third quarter when you come out and, and, and turn to Jalen Wright and run down the field, that's great. But you're down 26-7. I mean, a little too late, right? I mean, run the football when the game is in hand. And so um, I think a lot of what they're doing offensively right now is trying to overcompensate for uh, some offensive line issues in, in front of them. Uh it's just, I mean, it's not all the offensive line's fault, but the offensive line is not playing up to where it needs to right now. And so I think a lot of that, I, th- I think the play calling is more to that, honestly, than it is to Joe. And still saying that Joe needs to play a little bit better. Uh, that's kind of how I'd answer that question. Jacob says, my only question is, why is being a Tennessee fan so painful? That came in at 11 o'clock on Saturday nights. Jacob, there's so many people right there with you, brother. Hang in there. Uh, let's see here. Am I crazy to think that Joe Milton is not the problem? Play calling is. I just kind of mentioned that. Best drive of the season before t- uh, before tonight was against Virginia before the half when we scored quick. Then at times tonight, this came on Saturday, first scoring drive. Then late in the game, we throw it deep, run tempo. They couldn't stop us. Yeah, um, Florida defensively didn't have the best, uh, didn't have as good of a half as they did in half number one. Uh, Florida offensively was not aggressive at all, and I understand the quarterback Graham Mertz had, you know, blood coming out of his non-throwing hand or whatever, but still didn't take many chances or put another quarterback in the game. So Tennessee kind of feasted and benefited on that, in my opinion. Um, again, I, I think Joe needs to play better. I think if anybody's saying right now, "Oh, Joe's fine. Oh, Joe's great," no, that's not what I'm saying. Joe needs to play better, but the offensive line needs to help him. His receivers need to help him, and they took a step in the right direction Saturday. Uh, you gotta, you gotta have, you know, you gotta have the 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 running game behind you and and something that you can uh, really ride with all game long. So I think you know players need to step up around Joe. They need to protect Joe better, and then in turn, Joe needs to play better himself. Let's go, Vol the Wild, nine and three, eight and four on the table still. How are the expectations for this season following the loss? Yeah, this is. I mean, a lot of you guys are saying ten to two, eleven and one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was always nine and three. Um. And so nine and three is still very much on the table. Eight and four is for sure on the table. One loss does not derail a season. Again, I kind of said this on the show yesterday, and, and I, it's fair. I get it, but like it always cracks me up. Like <laughs> leadership, the locker room's gone. One loss every year, the first loss or every loss. It's oh, hype's lost the locker room. It's this and that. There's no leadership. How do you know that? 
we're three games into the season. How you respond to getting beat around in the swamp will tell me what that locker room's like, will tell me what that leadership's like, um, will tell me, you know, it's so easy, so easy to lead when there's no adversity. I can't wait to see what this team looks like and how it responds from this. And then maybe we'll find out while well, this team really never had leaders or if things completely go off the rails and it's, oh yeah, this team doesn't have any leaders, lack of leaders. And, and we can make those assumptions later, but it's the third game and this in Tennessee's, this is the first real adversity you faced. I mean, you can't make those accusations or those, you know, statements at this point in time, in my opinion. Anyway, that's not the question. I'll get back to the question. Nine and three, eight and four, 100% still on the table. The expectation is still to go out there and win the East. And you're obviously digging yourself in a hole right now, but George is mortal. Um, you know, you saw South Carolina kind of push him around a little bit. Um, Alabama, though, I know it's not in the East right now. Alabama looked very mortal. The SEC is down this year. It's a long season ahead. Again, we're just through week three, but the season expectations shouldn't change whatsoever because college football often is drunk, and that's what we love about it. Let's go to Ethan here. Ethan says, Mincy, D. Samp, Dylan Sampson, and Slaughter. Where the, where the hell was the, they, man? Um, yeah, so Mincy uh, mentioned um, it was an internal deal. Hype has said repeatedly after the game and again on Monday they just decided not to play him. It was obviously an internal suspension, but it was just like a suspension from offense because he was on field goal PAT team. And, like, I get that. Like, that is a suspension. It's like, hey, you know, your punishment, we're not going to play you on offense. Um, but, it, 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 like, I feel like it's like, well, you're wasting a spot on the bus. You're wasting a spot that somebody could suit up and go to Florida. Uh, and maybe you're taking him just in case there's an injury or something, but – then if that was the case, then you weren't really suspending him. I, it was just weird, and he really could have helped himself out by explaining. I said that earlier. I'll say it again. But, Mincy, that was that situation. Dylan Sampson was available. Josh Heupel was asked about that in Monday's press conference. Said they had plans to play him. But at the end of the day, they're, they're I mean, Wright's RB1. They like small. They've loved small forever. And there wasn't many opportunities. If you're, if you're RB3, there wasn't many opportunities to get in the football game, especially in the first half with how that game shrunk offensively. Slaughter uh, was a game-time decision. He was hurt. He was hurt, uh, something with his foot, and uh, we'll see. Hopefully, he'll be back out there and uh, going through some things on Saturday. A couple more here in this segment. We'll go to Trevor. All right, Eric Kane, it's been almost a day. Sent that on Sunday. I stayed off Twitter. I texted a buddy. I reset my expectations. For Twitter Tuesday, I need you to tell me why not to hit the panic button. There's a couple questions like this, mind you. Um, why... Tennessee fans shouldn't go off the deep end or off the rails here. Why not to hit the panic button and why the sky isn't falling? Also, how much does a loss like Saturday have an effect on recruiting? <sighs> not so much, to be completely honest. Um, there's so many other things in recruiting, and I'm not just talking about name, image, and likeness. I mean, that's a new factor. But there's so many different things in terms of going to – I mean, you want to play for a winner, don't get me wrong, but – it's not like, oh, you lose that game, I'm out on Tennessee now. It's 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 coaches' connections, it's players you have there, it's NIL, it's early playing time. So in terms of recruiting, I don't think it has that much of an effect, uh, to be completely honest. Now, let's see here. Uh, don't Why not hit the panic button while the sky isn't falling? Uh, the sky isn't falling because there's such a long season ahead. This is game number one. <laughs> Um, you first of all, you get your offensive line healthy and see what it looks like. Is it going to be as good as last year's? I don't think it will be, but is it going to be better than what you had on Saturday? God, you better hope so. I think so. Protect Joe Milton. See how far he truly can progress. Joe might be who Joe is at this point in time, and that's fair. 
okay? But give them a chance. Receivers help them out. Again, they were better on Saturday. Offensive line block for them. Let this offense open up a little bit with the play calling. Let's see if it can. If all those things are improving and you're still calling a lot of the sideways stuff in the lateral passing game, then okay. Why not just try to, you know, uh, especially if the losses are piling up, then why not go to Nico? I'll hear that conversation at that point in time. But reasons not to panic, there's just a long season, and college football is, is crazy. And I think Tennessee just played shitty, to be completely honest. I'm not saying Tennessee's great. But Tennessee's much better than what we saw on Saturday. It's a long season. So much can happen. And there's still a lot of talent on this football team uh, that did not showcase it to the best of their abilities on uh, on Saturday, that's for sure. Uh, last one here for this segment. Brayden says, what are your thoughts on us playing such a soft zone and never adjusting? I feel like it's a trend. I feel like it's a bend but not break mentality, but it never seems to work. And where do we go from here? Do we just have to hope that we went out magically for any shot of the SEC title? I mean, yeah, you need to keep winning out. You need to win. I uh, kind of spoke on a moment ago. You need to win against Georgia for sure. That South Carolina game is just huge at Neyland Stadium here in a couple weeks now. You need to win out, and that, uh, hopefully there's some help there in order to uh, have an opportunity to play in Atlanta. But again, like I said, it's such a long season ahead. We're still early in the season. Um, As far as the defense, I mean, Graham Mertz didn't throw a pass over 20 yards, Okay. All they did was run lateral stuff, crossers, ins, outs, all that type of stuff, a little eye candy. And you're playing zone? That's what you want. You want to keep everything in front of you. I mean, like, sure, maybe switch it up and go to man and try to bring some pressure. I get it. But they were getting the football out of Graham Mertz's hands in a hurry, and that was by design. But the fact that you were throwing everything within 20 yards from the line of scrimmage you know, playing zone is, is not the worst strategy in the world. But to your point, it wasn't working. It wasn't working. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Try to try to bring some pressure from from the second or third layer? Yeah, well, he's getting he's getting the football out of his hands in like three seconds. So, I don't know. It was tough. But uh, another look should have been, you know, considered considering the way that the game was, was happening, especially on those long, long drives. We'll get into more of your questions here as we return on a Tuesday edition of Locked on Balls. What did you say about our friends over at Game Time? Sometimes you're stressed, last-minute tickets, you wait too long. You shouldn't be that way, and game time's not going to allow it any longer. It's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sporting events, but not just sporting events. Music, comedy, theater, all near you. Killer deals on last-minute tickets, their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped up for all the fun that you're going to have. They show you tickets of your seats. You can see uh, images of your seats before you purchase, and they've got your back. Lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, even job loss protection as well. That game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time's going to credit you with 110% of the difference. That ain't bad right there whatsoever. I encourage you to download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, encourage you to create an account, redeem code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We got plenty more questions to get into as we uh, kind of continue on with our Tuesday show. Let's let's move on. Let's go to Kolb's. Uh, love the show, man. Uh, for Twitter Tuesday. What can fans lean on to not spiral out of control? In my honest opinion, kind of answered this in the last one. Uh, Coles goes on to say, we had a lot of inexcusable but correctable mistakes against Florida. I agree with that. Procedural penalties, correctable. 
Uh, missed tackles, correctable. Um, you know, blindside blocks. <laughs> somebody uh, commented and told me that I, I don't take uh, player safety uh, seriously. Okay, um, well, I'm a former player, so I, I do take it seriously. But also, you know, no, no football. <laughs> you know, and um, there's not a there's not a there's not a definition of a blindside block. That's something that the rules committee 100% has to look at in this offseason. Absolutely. Um, you can tell that McCallum Castle is holding up there. Uh, again, lead with your hands, I guess. It's just You're not going in there looking for helmet on helmet. Um, but LOL to the people that say I don't take player safety seriously. That's just hysterical. Uh, Coles, back to you, man. Sorry, I'm just you know, sidebar here. We're 2-1 and one with other conference teams being just as big of a question mark as we are. Joe wasn't great, but made good passes. We're just out of sync, in my opinion. I think those who want Hypel to leave are loony. Absolutely. I haven't seen a whole lot of Hypel's not the guy. Fire him. Um, but uh, if I do, then I would agree with you. Those those are loony tunes. Um, a lot of mistakes are correctable for sure, but you got to get after it. Okay, You only get 12 regular season games. You're down to nine now. Figure it out. Um, you don't have all day here. It's correctable, but how quickly can you can you right those wrongs? Allen said, if you're king of the day for the day and got to pick how our football schedule played out each year, how would you do it? Would you try to get top non-conference games early, spread out the UFs, the UGAs, the Bamas, stack them on top of one another, play them all within six weeks? What would you do? What's that ideal progression for you? He says, I'm trying to fantasize about playing a 3-6 and six Florida team without a crowd instead of a 1-1 one one Florida team with a crowd. Yeah, <laughs> I like that, Allen. Um... For me, I would open up with a couple of cupcakes, get the juices flowing a little bit. Those, you know, in NFL, you have preseason games. You have four of them, um, sometimes five of them. In college football, you don't. So I would have some of those cupcake games. They don't have to be, you know, D1AA or FCS, or uh, they don't have to be, um, you know, really, really bad opponents. You could play Power Five. Uh, I thought Tennessee's cupcake game against Virginia this year served a purpose. Um, Austin P, you know, though Tennessee didn't look good, served a purpose. But my point is, I would have those games that kind of begin. I would save one for homecoming, like UConn this year. Um, but in terms of like when to play who, goodness gracious, you're right. I and the SEC, it's unavoidable. Like you're going to have a tough game once you get an SEC play. Um, but you you, you want to spread out Alabama and Georgia for sure. Uh, for the most part, it is. I don't want to play Florida in September because so many times, historically, that decides who goes to Atlanta. But if you're spreading out Georgia and Alabama, where are you going to put Florida? Third Saturday in October is Alabama. Georgia now on the schedule is a little less than about three or four weeks away in mid-November. Last year was a week before. Where are you going to slide Florida in that mix? Could Florida come before Alabama? Maybe at the end of September? Well, it's you know it was September the 16th is when the football game was played. I would just try to spread those teams out as much as possible, but I for sure wouldn't want Georgia or Alabama. Um, of the three, I'd want to play Florida first. Um, I do hear you in terms of saying you want to take the crowd out of it. Um, maybe a three and six Florida team instead of a one and one, but I would certainly not want to end the season with Florida. Um, but I wouldn't want to switch them with Alabama or Georgia on the schedule. James says. Seems like Tennessee's younger players, generally speaking, have more upside and talent than the upperclassmen. You typically opt to play older players because they'll avoid procedural penalties, get lined up, operate the offense at necessary pace, and make the tackles uh, when you're right up there for the taking. All those things were huge problems last week, and have times we um, and at times, as previously stated, at what point does UT just play more, play the more talented players? Well, at safety, I'm not sure if you have anybody that 
knows where to go right now um, because that's where you see no rotation. Love seeing Ricky Gibson in there. Um, I think they should continue to push him to play. On the defensive line, you're playing a lot of young guys. At linebacker, you're playing a lot of young guys. I know you're talking about Nico. Actually, he says, not necessarily speaking of Nico, though I do think Milton can operate this offense better. Uh, by the South Carolina game, the bye should be used to get Nico in the starting lineup for A&M. Yeah, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, just I, That South Carolina game is going to be huge. And, and again, if Joe continues not to play up to his potential and he starts really you know turning the football over a lot and putting the ball in harm's way, then at some point you will make that change. But I think for the most part, you are playing some young guys, maybe except John Slaughter and um, Jordan Thomas at, at safety. I mean, you're playing Ricky Gibson at corner. I know you're not playing Jordan Matthews yet, but you're playing Ricky Gibson at corner. You're playing Jeremiah T. Lander, Arian Carter, Elijah Herring, who's a sophomore at linebacker. You're playing David Hobbs, um, and you were going to play Tyree Weathersby on the defensive front as well. So, you know, I hear what you're saying, but you're playing a lot of those guys, and there's no freshman or young offensive lineman that can play right now. As bad as it is right now, and again, that's a bigger conversation about recruiting. I mean, there's there, there's nobody that you can play. We're we're typically we're, we're really not going to get to all these questions, guys. I'm not even going to make it over to Locked On Vols account. Um, you guys, the post over there, Bruce on the loose. Some of you others, I appreciate you more than you know. I'll try to respond directly, but I'm just not going to have time to get over there on the Locked On Vols account or um, really on the uh, the YouTube as well. Let's see here, bookmarks. Cody's got a bunch of questions here. Number one, if you're the DC, I'm going to go rapid fire. Uh, if you're the DC, how are you handling the poor defensive performance tackling this week? I mean, what can you do? Like, you can't practice. You can't tackle in practice. If it's my team and I'm the DC, I'm tackling in practice. There you go. You go, I mean, you start tackling circuit. You start practice every day with tackling and, and takeaway circuits. I see it. Or at least when we got to see practice. That is how they start practice. So they are doing the fundamental stuff every single day. It's just in practice, you don't tackle to the ground. If I'm the DC, I'm tackling to the ground. It's the only way to get better, right? I mean, I guess that's how I'd answer that. Number two, if you're the OC, how are you handling the poor offensive line performance this week? I mean, we knew going into the season, offensive line was a huge question. I'm, I'm just, I'm praying that, I'm, I'm figuring out what I'm doing with Gerald Mincy. Like, you know, if it was a one game offensive suspension, okay, get your ass back in there and play right tackle. Because. Even though he's kind of been, you know, flip flopping with JJ Crawford, I'm not giving up on JJ Crawford. I'm just saying, Gerald Mincy is one of your best offensive linemen. I truly believe that. Get him in there and play him 60 plays a game. Pray that Cooper Mays can get back as quickly as possible, and then try to build some cohesion. Uh, but we did know that the offensive line was number one, not going to be better than last year. And uh, during camp, we knew that it was having some issues here. Uh, number three, if you're a head coach, are you using UTSA to hash out the plethora of issues? Or are you hoping to get them uh, out early to provide game time experience for players like Nico? Um, good question. And we have this question also with the Austin P game. I'm trying to fix my issues with the guys that I know are going to be lining up playing the next week. I want to see Nico play just like you do. I want to see some of these younger guys play just like you do. And that's why the Austin P game was such a disappointment. But you need these guys to figure it out, the starters, the rotation of guys right now. So that's how I'd answer that one. Uh, number four, as a as a fan writer, is it concerning to you that Josh Heibel's best players so far have come from Cornbread's regime? Um, no, because those players are older. They're gay, they're experienced, they're battle tested. What I look for is development. 
Darnell Wright was not this Darnell Wright when when uh, when oh, gosh I'm forgetting the offensive line coach's name when he was here when when Jeremy Pruitt's guy was here um, he was not Theo Jackson the same way was not that player Jalen Hyatt Bayless Jones um, pick your poison guys Amari Thomas I mean they were not here and I know those guys have gotten older but the development of these guys I look at development much more as I look at who recruited who um, that's how I'd answer that one. And let's see here. Let's move on. I've only got a couple of times left. Let's see, Thomas says, Eric, do you think Tennessee sent any of the non-holding calls to the SEC office? Oh, yes. Tyler Barron was held like a, oh man, it was bad. It was, and I think that was ETN's touchdown, though Tennessee had a horrible effort on that play. But I think uh, Tyler Barron was held on that play. Anyway, there was a lot of, hold, there was some plays that I think were sent into the SEC office. Let's see here. Tennessee dad says Tennessee or Clemson replaced Kelly Bryant with Trevor Lawrence. Alabama replaced uh, Barnett with Hertz. And Hertz with Tua. How is this any different for Tennessee? I actually see a lot of parallels with the Clemson situation. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend to, um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know everything that went on. I remember when that happened. I'm not on the Clemson beat, but Trevor Lawrence was obviously ready to go. Um, I don't think there's anybody saying that Nico is not ready to go, but if if play is struggling, and Clemson was a good team at that point in time, and they made a move. I know exactly what you're talking about in terms of the parallels. Um, but if Nico is knocking on the door ready to roll and is is clearly the best option, then he's going to play. I mean, Josh Hopple will play him. Um, and if, if things continue to go south, or if things do not pick up and improve for Joe Milton like he's capable of, then potentially that you will see that that change made. But it's obvious right now, listen to Josh Heupel's Monday press conference, there are things they need to be correcting first before you even mention Joe Mill. Um, that's just kind of kind of what it is. Uh, let's see here, Tater B in Mississippi. Is Heupel incapable of controlling the locker room and the attitudes? This is twice within 10 months and we have questions about what's happening there or is it just a couple of guys causing problems? I Again, I don't... Last year was a couple of guys. They're no longer on the team, and it's amazing to me that the defense did all it could with those guys playing every single snap. I'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's incredible. Tennessee won 10 games with some of the players that played significant roles for Tennessee um, that are no longer here. I don't think we know what type of team and what type of leaders you have yet because this is the first type of real adversity it hits. And I'm not trying to pick on uh, the question here, uh, Tater B in Mississippi. I'm just – I mean, every loss, it's like, oh, Heupel's lost the locker room. I mean, we literally don't know right now. How do you respond? How do you respond? I think um, a lot of times we blow things out of proportion. I'll leave it at that. And then Cooper Mays update. Walt doesn't meet Cooper Mays. We'll see. We'll see. Um, he is He's cleared to be back. It's just a pain tolerance thing is, is what I'm uh, told and what I'm understanding. Josh Heupel made it seem like he was going to play last week. <laughs> that he didn't, obviously didn't happen. Um you know, we'll see. Hopefully he's back and hopefully he can get some reps. Last one because uh, we're running out of time. And again, we have so many. Maybe I'll take some time. Um, maybe I'll take some time tomorrow and answer some more questions. Uh, but last one. Let's see here. Florida's defensive line is better than expected. Does UTSA or South Carolina have a defensive line to stop the run with light boxes like Florida did? Also, do you think the wide receivers had a tough time with Florida's DBs? Um... I thought Tennessee's wide receivers did much, much better. There was one play where Brew just got beat. The defensive back made a nice play on third down. Um, I think Tennessee's receivers played better. 
Does UTSA or South Carolina have a defensive lineman to stop the run with the light boxes? I don't think UTSA does. Um, I really don't. South Carolina, I'm not sure. I haven't started my prep on that, but South Carolina is, a, is an SEC team, typically has a good front. Um, it was concerning that Tennessee couldn't run with a light box. Absolutely. I mean, you had five guys in the box in Tennessee, sometimes with six or seven guys, hat on hat, still couldn't run the ball the way it needed to. Um, four-man rush getting to Joe Milton and disrupting some things. So uh, we'll see. I don't think UTSA has a defensive line like that. Um, we'll have to see about South Carolina. All right, guys, I know I went a little longer today. Still tons of questions to get into. Maybe I'll take some time on tomorrow's show. Thank you for your questions. Really, really do appreciate that. Um, we'll continue to look at this Florida game from every angle. We'll hear from Josh Ward. What's this mean for Tennessee moving forward? Season expectations. Where are they for Josh Ward? Where are they for you? What does Tennessee need to do number one on the priority list to get back to being where it needs to be in terms of one of the better teams in the SEC East? All that and more as the week goes on right here on Lockdown Balls. Guys, thank you so much for being here. Uh, thanks for making Lockdown Balls your first listen. That and a whole lot more. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, and we'll see you back here for Lockdown Balls on Wednesday.